Welcome back to the latest Green Section podcast episode. I'm the host, Adam Miller. Last summer, the education team and I had an opportunity to visit Chris Tritabaugh at Hazeltine National and talk to him an awful lot about data collection. And as many people know, data collection is becoming increasingly popular and beneficial for golf course superintendents, and Chris has really been a leader in that area. We recorded this podcast out on their famous 16th hole right on the lake there, uh, so really neat opportunity to talk to Chris. Hope you enjoy the episode. Chris, we're seeing more and more superintendents that are getting into data collection and specifically looking at things like clipping volume. And you first got into this uh, a couple years ago, well, five years ago. So how did you first get, get interested in data collection? Well, it goes back to really the Ryder Cup. And my first sort of introduction to it was uh, through, through a, f- a friend, Dr. Michael Woods, who was here during the Ryder Cup. And he was really intrigued by some of the things we were doing during the, and, and wanted some information. And I wanted some data. And of course, we were doing green speed. Uh, but I, I could tell he was really interested in our clipping volume. And at that time, I was just, you know, people talk about bandwidth. There was just, uh, my bandwidth was full at that, at that time during the event, and I couldn't, uh, couldn't really take on more. So I didn't, I didn't do any of that, but I put it in the back of my head for later. I, and then we came to 2017, a year after the Ryder Cup, and as anyone who's hosted a big event will know, you, there is some letdown that happens after an event like that. And I knew that that was going to happen, and I wanted to sort of have something to um, keep me interested, keep me uh, engaged in what was happening without this big event to prepare for. And the the data collection, specifically at that time, clipping volume, was one of those ways I knew that I could engage myself in something new, something to learn about, something to be curious about during the course of that year after this enormous high. Clipping volumes are something that you're taking every day. What are the other data points that you're measuring on your greens? Yeah, in addition to clipping volume, we also do a daily green speed. Uh, taken in the morning after the green has been prepped for the day, whether that be a mow and roll or, or whatever it is we're doing. Um, that will be anywhere from five greens to the whole course if I have the time at that particular morning. Um, as I stimp the green, I watch the ball roll across the surface and I give it a, a, a what's called a bobble test, uh, rating from one to ten, how much the ball moves up and down, how much the ball moves side to side and that will give me an idea of the smoothness and the trueness of the greens. And then also once a week I take a firmness measurement with a, a Clegg hammer and I do that alongside of a, a, alongside the, um, a TDR reading and um, put moisture and firmness together. So with clipping specifically, that's one that I think is still fairly new to a lot of superintendents. So can you describe your process of how you are measuring clippings? Yeah, it's a fairly simple process. When the guys mow the green in the morning, they, we usually have a pair of two mowing on each particular putting surface, and they will then each take their basket and dump it into a five-gallon bucket, which is a, a graduated sort of, you can get them on Amazon, they're very easy to find, graduated and marked with the leaders, and they will both put their basket of clippings, their, their clippings they've accumulated into that bucket. They shake it out just slightly, smooth it off, level it off, look at the basket, the bucket, and um, get the, the number of liters that they got. And they'll just make a recording in their phone, a note, and then um, at the end of their, their round for the morning, they'll just send it to me. Then I input it into the spreadsheet, and uh, that's it. It's, uh, it's very simple. It, um, 
I think the amount of time it adds to the greens mowing process would probably be measured in minutes throughout the entire course. So with the clipping volumes, I noticed that you convert, you go from sort of one, you go from liters to what's the next unit that you convert to? So we convert from liters into milliliters per meter square. Um, I, I get asked about that. I get asked about the, the units of measurement and you can really do it with any unit. I like milliliters per meter squared. I mentioned uh, Dr. Micah Woods and, and he has a lot of colleagues and, and clients across the world who are doing this and that's the unit he always recommends. So it gives a really nice ability to compare to other courses. It also gives a nice number generally between one and, and 100. We wouldn't go up to 100, but it's a nice clean number. Um, you know, when I put that in, I'm looking for a number sort of uh, one to 20, somewhere in that, in that range. And again, it's, it's hard. It's like comparing, somebody compares a TDR. What is your TDR? percentage, what's your VWC percentage on your greens, it's hard to compare course to course. You want to have a number that works for you, a number that you know what it means, and, and so I would recommend to anybody figure out the unit that, that works best for you. And then converting the unit, it does kind of help you talk somewhat apples to apples because it's on a per area basis as right. opposed to if you've got a 4,000 square foot green and you're comparing it to a 10,000 square foot green, yeah. the number is going to be different. Right. So when I get the, the, I guess you might say like the raw volume from the, the mowers in the mornings, uh, you know, our eighth green, which is our smallest green, might be somewhere between two to six liters per day, depending. And then our 10th green, just behind us here, which is our largest green in the course, that, that's obviously going to be a larger amount. So I kind of know, having done this for five years, what's a normal amount for each particular green. But when you do, um, you do correct it with the per area. So milliliters per meter squared gives you a per area, so every green gets the same metric as you know, number eight is the same metric as number 10 when you, when you correct for the area. Yeah, makes sense. A little more seasonal data tracking. Uh, I know you're per, you know, tracking percent organic matter and that obviously has a huge impact on what you're doing from a cultivation and top dressing standpoint. So yeah. can you tell me a little bit about how you've used the, that information to help with your programming there? Yeah, uh, it's, it's a great point. Um, earlier mentioned the other metrics that we're taking, green speed, clipping volume. Those are sort of short-term performance related um, data whereas the organic matter testing that we're doing is is more as you said throughout the season so we're doing that about once a year generally and and we're looking at what is our organic matter at zero to two centimeters two to four centimeters and four to six centimeters and really the concentration being on that top layer the zero to two centimeters and where are we at um, from an organic matter standpoint and and what's happening over time so then that tells us uh, one, um, I look at all the performance data and I decide are the greens performing the way that we want them? Can we, can we get the speed we want? Can we get the firmness we want? Does the water go into them when it rains or when we're hand watering or when we're irrigating? Um, and if, if I can answer all of those things, then I would look at our organic matter percentage, especially in the top two centimeters and say, okay, whatever we have is probably pretty good. So I'm not necessarily chasing a number. I'm not saying like our organic matter in the way that we test, which is uh, Michael Wood's OM246 procedure, is, is just below 5%, so 4.7, 4.9%. Everything we have, every performance metric we have, I like. So I'm happy with that amount. So now I'm just trying to keep it there. And so then we come up with an amount of sand for each 12-month cycle that we want to put on the greens to keep the organic matter based on how much grass we're growing, um, for how long we're growing it, 
to keep that organic matter right in that window. And so then we test it and we put out that amount of sand uh, during the next 12 month cycle, then we test again and we see where we're at and we make any adjustments that we might need to make. Awesome. So all the while collecting that daily performance yeah. data, making sure that everything's where we want it to be in that regard. Yeah, great. So really combining the, the daily measurements along with your more seasonal measurements, that's a lot of data. Talk to me about, you know, kind of how you get that into a program where you can actually analyze it and then make decisions off of it. So I, I just happen to have my own spreadsheet and having done this for five years, I've, I've worked through that and I've sort of refined that spreadsheet. But I, I do think programs that are out there, such as what the USGA has done with their Deacon program, are great for people getting started because it provides a nice platform for them to enter their data and get the immediate feedback without having to sort of um, mess around and, and come up with their own spreadsheet. So that's up to each individual to how they want to record and analyze their data. But what, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to, in, in the end, is provide our membership with the, the most number, the highest number of, let's say, uh, championship level um, days of play per season. And so that's what this data is helping me to, to do, is to increase that number and to make that number as, as great as possible. So again, we take the performance data and we look at, are we able to achieve the green speed we want, the firmness we want? Can we ramp that green speed up maybe just a little bit for a member guest or a member member tournament? And then um, are we with the, the more sort of annual testing, the OM246, are we doing any harm by, by providing surfaces every single day? And when I say every single day, I'm saying without maintenance disruptions on Mondays, without venting, without verticutting, without um, regular top dressing applications that have become the norm. And, um, you know, I want to make sure that in, in providing this great surface every day, that we are not um, doing undue harm. And so that's, that's, that's the goal. Um, have the best surfaces we can for the greatest number of days, but also maintain them in a way that's going to allow us to continue to do that year after year after year. So I guess you've been here still about 10 years and started data collection about halfway in or so. Has there been anything that's really surprised you in that time of collecting data with the greens? You know, like a, just this light bulb kind of... I, I think the biggest surprise for me is, you know, and, and any superintendent will tell you they need time to maintain the golf course. We, we all know that. We fight and we scratch and we claw for these, these time periods to be able to do maintenance of the golf course. But what I have found, and I think what has been my biggest surprise, is for how long and how consistently we can maintain the same high, high level of performance day after day after day without a decline, without doing some of those sort of maintenance or having those days of maintenance that we, we scratched and fought and clawed for. Um, I think that's been the biggest surprise, pleasantly, because um, look, I don't enjoy doing those kind of things. The golfers don't enjoy them. And so uh, the less we can do while still maintaining that, that high level, uh, I think the better for everyone. Um, so I think that's, that's been the biggest surprise and the biggest um, positive result that, that has come to me from, from all of this uh, performance and, and uh, you know, metric tracking. So looking at, at data on a regular basis from your greens, like give me an example of you're seeing a trend with your clipping volumes, for instance. Yeah. Like, what type of decision would you make off of a trend? Let's say the clipping volumes are, are have gone up or gone down yeah. or something like that. Like, what's a decision you'd make off that? I'll give you an example. Of just just a, a week, two weeks ago, um, we had had been really pretty dry, and um, everyone will know that. You know, when you go through these dry periods, uh, the grass will 
and you get some natural rain, the grass will really respond to that. It really enjoys that type of you know, yeah. uh, moisture. And so we had that. We had just a quarter inch of rain after a really dry period. And we saw our volume and, the, and then the humidity was up. And we saw our clipping volumes really go up. And so what it led me to do was a couple of changes. One, I, uh, I changed our, our rollers on our mowers from smooth rollers to grooved rollers just to get a little bit more of a bite uh, to, uh, to, to clean up some of the lateral growth that we had seen over uh, the last few weeks. Um, and then we had an event coming up and I knew with that kind of clipping volume we were gonna start to suffer a little bit from a speed standpoint. So we actually uh, decided for four consecutive days, which is really strange for us to double cut. And that was a decision that came because we were seeing that volume go up due to that rain event. Um, really nothing else had changed. It was just that simple quarter inch of rain that the turf really liked and it, and it grew a lot because of it. And so we made those, those changes and, and were able to then, using the green speed and the, the smoothness rating, uh, get those performance metrics that we, we were looking for for that particular event. If I heard you right, you saw basically an increase in clipping yields that you could quantify with your technique from the rainfall that you wouldn't see had you irrigated with your, your irrigation water and let's say your, per, your soil percentage, moisture percentage was, was gonna be the same yeah. after an irrigation or a rainfall. Right. You saw the increase in clippings with the rain event. Yeah, virtually everything else was the same. There was no, um, there wasn't a, there was no uh, nitrogen application or anything else, uh, no change in, in the amount of moisture or as you said, the, the moisture percentage. It was just simply that natural, that quarter inch of natural rainfall made that big of a difference. Yeah, which is something a lot of superintendents have long seen on their, yeah. on their golf courses, yeah. but it's interesting that it, it was even able to see that down at the, the grass level from a green. Uh, and then the follow-up, you mentioned sort of an example of more double cutting. Labor's tight, obviously, for every course. Have you had any examples of where you've sort of realized, hey, we don't need to do as much to the greens to get the same performance out of them? I, I have, I mean, so, so two, two things, Adam, that I would mention is, is we have found when you have uh, your growth under control and in the, the, the range where you want it, whether it be through PGRs or, or uh, amounts of nitrogen being applied, oftentimes, especially with rolling, um, you can you can skip more days than you would than a person would imagine and still maintain the same level of, of speed and performance out of the surfaces. The other thing that uh, we talk about labor and we talk about um, equipment differences and, and that sort of the other thing that I have noticed and found through through our clipping volume is the consistency that we get when we use triplexes to mow the greens. We see again no drop off in performance but an, an unbelievable consistency green to green in the clipping volume. And so if you imagine, uh, we all, uh, a lot of us have used walk mowers, have instructed our, our operators how to walk mow, whether you lift the handles a little bit, that sort of thing. You get an incredible change in the amount of clippings that come off a of green based on whether they're lifting their hands, whether they're applying a little bit of pressure downward, whether they're maybe not just lifting the handle, but pushing the handle up into the, the yeah. stop on the mower. And when you use a triplex mower, um, all of a sudden, provided your mechanic has done a good job setting up the reels, all that consistency is just the same. You don't see any of the, the inconsistencies that come from uh, the variations of an operator. It, it's all the same. So when we uh, do a little bit of triplex mowing as we get later in the season, we see the consistency from green to green go way up. 
uh, it's really pretty interesting. So in addition to making you know, decisions on the course you know, with the data, how have you used this data from a communications standpoint? Uh, I'll give you one great example because it's just, it's just taking place right now. Uh, one decision that we've made based on our, again, performance metrics and our long-term sort of evaluation of the organic matter is that we have an airification date coming up in, in the second week of August. And one of the decisions I made is that we are not going to airify greens and we're not going to apply any top dressing. Um, we're, we're in places that I really like. We're in places where I'm happy with what we're getting and, and we're going to continue to give that the membership that just consistent um, experience throughout the rest of the golf season. I then bring this data back as a reference point for the green committee when inevitably, because you know lots of people don't like airifying, but of course when you have done it for years and you do it consistently, the question, and you don't, you decide you're not going to, the question might be asked, well, isn't this going to be a problem? Are we doing potential damage yeah. down the road? So I'm using this, this information and this, this, uh, this data to then communicate to them, look, here is what we're decided based on what we're seeing to do this year. Um, and this is, this is about giving the golfers, again, the highest number of, of championship level conditioning, condition days per year. But also, I want you to know that this doesn't mean that next year we're going to do the same thing. When yeah. next year yeah. comes, we're going to analyze the data and we're going to make a decision what we're, on what we're going to do next year based on what we're seeing at that time. So those are ways in which I'm using those data as a communication tool. And my green committee now knows that they have that information so, so they can go to uh, their fellow members as they get questions back or potentially concerns and say, no, look, we're not just doing this as a reaction to something, we're doing this because we have, we're making data-driven decisions. So data collection, even moisture meter, uh, you know, that technology, you know, these are two examples that kind of came from research, moved into the industry, and both were met with some initial skepticism. So how, how do you sort of describe the value uh, to superintendents that are maybe wondering if it's really worth it to do it at their course? Well, I think the discussion today has, has, I hope, highlighted some of those values. And, you know, the ability to, to maximize your conditioning, to maximize the number of days at which you can provide the very best conditioning. I think in some ways to reduce some of the, the what we thought was necessary maintenance. I like to say to people, like, if I'm going to, I used to airify and top dress because I thought it was the right thing to do at the right time. But now I say, if I do not know, for, if I'm going to put a hole in the green or I'm going to put sand in the green, I want to know that that is something I have to do. Um, and I think that, that this, this sort of collecting data in this way has brought that sort of mindset to my decision making. And so I would say to anyone who's skeptical is to uh, start doing it. Start doing it with something simple. Clipping volume is, is quite simple as we've seen today and we've talked about. Um, green speed, measuring green speed every single day is quite simple and, and fairly easy to do. And I would start with those simple things and just start to see um, what you notice. And you're not going to notice something right away. You're not going to pick up on a number the first day you do it or the first week or even the first month. But do it consistently throughout the year. Do it every day. Find a way to analyze it. Talk to like you mentioned the research community. There's lots of professors out there who are you know, part of their job at these public universities. Um, Wisconsin, where you went to school, Minnesota, where I went to school, is to provide that sort of information to the public. And so talk to people at your, your university or, or where you maybe went to school and talk to them about how would I analyze some of this data. And so start simple and st just start doing it and just keep doing it. And I think that anybody, much like a TDR, 
And much like some of the skepticism that went along with that tool, I think when people start to do it, they will recognize the value quite, quite soon in, in a very reasonable amount of time. And they'll start to realize, boy, uh, let me add this now. You know, let me start, start with this. I went to this and now I'm doing this. And, and I think that's a great way for anybody to start this and then to build on it. Thanks for listening to the USGA Green Section podcast. Be sure to subscribe, listen, and rate us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also keep up with the latest content on Twitter and by subscribing to the Green Section Record, our digital publication that's published twice a month.